Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Today's guest, our friend Christian Nairn. Yay! Ten years. And the crowd goes wild. This is our second time recording. This is actually the The second time recording this episode (laughs) today and uh, the third time recording this podcast overall. It has been fraught with issues, mostly all on my end. This last time was my fault. Yeah, strangely, none of them have been my problem, which is usually the issue. So I'm feeling pretty good right now. No no offense to you guys. Good for you. Yeah, I'm on the floor of my closet. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I've been there. But um, not in your closet. We, I mean, as a gay man, we all have our own closets. <laughs> but <laughs> it's the best place in my house to record, and I like to sit on the floor when I record, which is weird. But I have so many that's... things to say, and I've got you both on camera. Go for it. So, Zach, are you taking hair tips from Hannah? No, actually, I am. <laughs> yeah, I am. Actually, I, I am. I actually am. Yeah. And I'm also taking hair tips from you. I was, I'm going to hit you up after we get done recording for that. Uh, well, you are trying to still grow a beard like a real man. The but, straightener brush. Oh, it's terrible. My, mine fell to bits. I have so many right. of them, dude. I a have, straightener like, brush? The thi- yeah. I want to give everybody a little window into Christian's uh, Amazon <laughs> habits. He'll buy the same comb, but he'll buy one version of it for like $70 and another version of it for like 15 and they both come in the mail with the same comb. What? One might be cordless and one might be corded. What's the product? Well, I mean, I have a lot of doubles of things. Sure. Like, even in the background, I can see. (laughs) I can see 13 pairs of headphones. Okay. (laughs) You can't have too many headphones. Yeah, no, as a DJ, yeah, you need need headphones. But you don't need 13. I'm not, like, an alien. What is your... Go to 2021. If you were, if there was no lockdown and you were still touring, what would be your the the latest best pair to DJ with? I only use one type anymore, and that's um, the Pioneer X10. Hmm. For various what's, reasons. What's so good about them? Three reasons. One reason there's enough space to put sparkly crystals on them. <laughs> <laughs> um, the top reason. <laughs> it's top reason. Number two, they don't break very easily because I am heavy handed, heavy eared. And heavy everything. Um, and number three, they're sweat proof. Um, mm. They have this like space material, like Elon Musk's skin, um, <laughs> on their on their pad. Because I find that after about six months of touring, it smells like Satan's hoof. Oh gosh, mm. it really does. I mean, I used to, I used to, when I DJed in, in the Kremlin in Belfast. I would enter the DJ box, and there'd be like a a green mist in the air, and I didn't know what it was for so long. And then I realized I could smell it afterwards. I was like, what is going on in here? And I just had a shower. And then I used to bring in Febreze. And I had like Febreze <laughs> my headphones. And then I'd end up with like, like a rash. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So I, I ended up just, I, I don't know what they're made of, but I want all my clothes to be made of those so I never have to shower. Dude, that's the <laughs> thing, man. You have to, you've got to upgrade your wardrobe for everything to be uh, of the quality of it's able to be rained on. You, and you just wear washer. sponge shoes. You just sweat under your shoes and change them once a week. Right here, sure. dude. Wash, got, these are washable. <laughs> now, that is one, that is a segue too close to Crocs for me. They're Yeezys. There are, they are, they're, they are too close Easies. to Crocs. <laughs> too close to Crocs. What is an easy? I mean, only a boy from Missouri would get away with those. <laughs> for walking around the swamp. Sure. They're great in the rain, actually. Well, they're sure good on they the are. beach. They're great in the rain. No, um, you know, I, I like everything possible to get to that, that level of uh, usability, though. I just saw a sweater recently or a sweatshirt that looks like a normal sweatshirt, but it's waterproof. And it still feels like a normal sweatshirt. So I think that we're getting there. 
I mean, hmm. it's not easy. I don't know what this has it's to do with you. It's not easy on the eye. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, have, you haven't seen the sweatshirt yet. Do you really not like these shoes? Uh, no. They're much better in person than you. Like, when I saw you, Zach wear them for the first time, I was like, okay, I kind of get it now. Check this out. I can't lift my legs. <laughs> Ready? I don't know if it's going to okay. be a bit. Oh, dear. What do you think? Well, I can just see Hannah, thank God. Um, <laughs> you need to make oh, more yeah, noise. Make more noise <laughs> when you're lifting your legs. It's a very strange sight. <laughs> no. That's too bad. Do you ever wear white socks with them? Uh, Tan. I had oh. like a tan. Oh, I, I love the way it looked. See, that's the thing. That's the thing. That's the reaction I want to get from you. So I'm like, okay, I'm wearing the right thing. Oh, well, it's God. the same thing. Like, I have this pair of sunglasses that people think are really ugly, but that's kind of the point. You know when you sometimes wear stuff and the point of it is to be kind of ugly, you know? Right? Yes. That's the thing. I, I so do, like, yeah. those shoes, <laughs> those shoes with socks are kind of ugly, but that's the mm-hmm. point, you know? No. <laughs> I think you can tell... There's no more piece. There's no more you can tell about the person than by their shoes. Sure. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but as my girlfriends and I used to always say, the shoes come off. So mm. you know. Yeah, but that's the first thing I would choose to be. Honestly, I've looked at people before, and it's hor- hor- horrendous to be this judgmental. I know it is, but I don't give a fuck. Um, <laughs> it's like nice top, nice pants, sorry, trousers, and what is that? On the floor, and that's literally yeah. put me off people. And yeah. they can come off, or they can stay on, or they can stick them up their ass. <laughs> as I'm still got my first opinion made. And you're, there's something about it too, where you're like, uh, it's the last thing you put on before your jewelry. If, if you wear jewelry, it's the last thing. It's the crowning, reverse of crowning. It's reverse crowning yourself. It's, it's how you finish your outfit. It's like this is how I want the world to see me. And you do see them differently because of it, right? Yes. Like if you see a pair of shoes, and I don't know what it is for you, but if there's a, uh, there was a time like maybe ten years ago when I felt like these like leather boots were making a comeback. The sort of Post hipster era. Was this when you made me buy Uggs? Which ones did you get? I got all the Uggs. <laughs> I, I just bought three pair because yeah, they were on like sale for fifty dollars, which I've never worn. They're not like the Ugg Uggs. They're not in here. I can't show anyone. I have so many. Pairs of shoes. I have. A, I have something to admit here. I have something to admit. I, I'm triggered by shoes because when I grew up, um, being a a giantess, um, I only had one pair of shoes because that's all I could get. Mm-hmm. Um, and were they high heels? They were, yes. They were, they were sling backs. Um, <laughs> court heels. A good, nice sense of a court shoe. Um, no, I would only ever get one pair of shoes, and they were never the ones that I wanted. That's how it was for me. No, it wasn't. Yeah, well, growing up, yeah, I had one pair of shoes every year. Well, yeah, we didn't have money, and also I could not physically get them um, because I had two big feet. Well, it's better than having one big foot again. <laughs> um, <laughs> having two with T-double-O big feet. Um and now I have all the, fu- I have all the fucking Dude. shoes. I have a room full of shoes, and I go in there and I roll around in them. Like and you sigh. You look at you. you go, <laughs> I, do, I, do, I roll around in my back like a horse and the feelings. Wow, how things have really changed for you in ten years, man. Yeah, I come out with like Converse hanging off my ear. Do you still wear the same pair every day, yes. though? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I think men we all have our, like uniforms, don't we, guys? Um, I don't know. I've asked this question of many people, and I mean, I just wear black. 
Uh, I think all three of us on the call are all wearing all black, so I feel like <laughs> it's a whole vibe. It's in memory. In, no, I'm not going to mention the funeral. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> I have a ghost on. Maybe that's in memory. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, who? It's just the easiest way to who be. Died at what funeral? What? What happened? What funeral? Um, you mean like the Queen's husband? Oh yeah. Oh, yesterday yeah. was it? A oh, flop okay. Or I, was I, it I a success? Have something to say about this. Um, okay. I'm not a royalist. I'm not. I'm not against against him either. I'm, I'm the easiest, breeziest. That's just like your shoes. Um, mm-hmm. I'm easy breezy. about the situation. I don't want to see them again, please. Um, <laughs> and to watch the queen sitting on her own in the, in the church, with no one, no one with her, just with her head down, was heartbreaking. Of course, yeah, yeah. Just seeing her like a human, um, which sometimes we forget. Um, it was just, oh my God, it really hit me. It really got me. Actually, I wasn't expecting it. So um, I generally try not to be too invested in other people's lives outside my own because it's dramatic enough. Um, but that, that immediately immediately invested me in that situation. And I felt very bad for her. But it's yeah. like when people are humanized. Yeah. Especially people who are in the public eye so much, it's hard to see them as people with feelings sadly enough and so it's horrible but it's true it's yeah and so it is a human human moment yeah okay that's been a fun podcast (laughs) (laughs) you'll see my icelandic nesting dolls (laughs) cute (laughs) wait what's the difference between that and the same style as the russian wrestling yeah but instead they've got a monster you ready Mm, that's cute i don't know if it's gonna be on camera by the time it has a puffin Mm. Aww. I know. Um, my polar bear. Oh no, here it is. But so my polar bear is missing. But another sort of Viking character. Okay. Cute. Uh, that is cute. I think the best do you, one is. Do you sit them out or just keep them nested? Um, well, they're actually a present from my mum, but she hasn't. I don't think she really likes them, so she's left them here. It's a little polar bear with an Icelandic knitwear. That's a cute sweater. Yeah, I know that's I know it's Icelandic because I bought my mother that exact same jumper when I was there. And the littlest one is like a little booger is a little tiny elf. Oh, it's so that small. small. That's the big one, the main one of that set. The big one is. Are those all nested together in one, or are they yeah, all they different all ones? Yeah, they're all together in one. Oh, okay. It's a little monster Viking with an ice cream cone. Those are so cute, aren't they? Thank you. I love those. I'm going to tell my mother to appreciate me as a son. Why is it, though, that, like, anytime I buy my parents a gift, it just sits on the shelf? Or, like, people forget about it? What is it with, like, parents forgetting about the gifts that their children buy them try with to their hard-earned money? Nice stuff. You try to give them stuff that they'd actually like. Yeah, and Icelandic stuff is so expensive. That was, like, $100. Um, I bought a notepad in Iceland once. Um, and it worked out at, like, $136. Oh, my God. And I just, I, I didn't bother, like, even thinking about the conversion. And I got back to the hotel and was like, that was over, like, £100. It's <laughs> 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 a notebook. That'd be a nice notebook. Um, it has a really nice wooden cover, but it would need to have, it would need to be an iPad. Vellum or goatskin pages. <laughs> yeah. I think there is some good skin somewhere. It's definitely good skin somewhere in this house. <laughs> Where you travel a lot for your job. Normally. Just for everything. Yeah. Outside of 2020, 2021 times, yeah. you go a lot of places. Yeah. Where are your favorite places to visit? Like, where do you want to go back to once COVID is over? There's so many. I mean, I would literally go to 
anywhere right now. Yeah. I mean, I, I, was, <laughs> I, mean, I was about to go to, yeah, I was about to name a place like anywhere and that would be my least favorite place, but I'm not going to do that. Um, so many places, you know, I, this is going to sound really sycophantic, but I do love the United States because it's so varied. Um, and when people say to me, like, oh, my God, I really hate America and I hate America, I'm like, how can you say that? It's such a big country and there's so, so, there's so many people and people are so different everywhere. And there's so many different types of landscape. And I love that. Um, like places like Manchester. I love Manchester. Um, it's gorgeous there. I love San Diego. Um, I love Utah. Utah is probably Utah my favorite fan. state. Hannah used to live really? in Utah. Really? I used to live in Utah. Oh, wow. Did you come it's in the same spaceship? It's a beautiful place. <laughs> huh? Did you land in the same spaceship? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no offense, people. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that. I, I, I love, um, obviously, I'm not the typical, so I, I know there's a lot of religion in Utah, and um, it's not really my, my sort of vibe, but I've always found the people very lovely, and... I love it there. But and the I, landscape I, 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 is oh, unparalleled. Yeah. Um, outside of Utah and America, I would say Iceland is one of my favorite places. Um, I love um, Scandinavia. Um, I love South Africa, Peru. Oh, God, I, I could just go on, like everywhere. Have you DJed in all these places? Yeah. So what's it like DJing in Peru versus South Africa? Um, you know what? There is a different vibe. Although I've picked two ones where it's quite similar. I I, I mean, I find I play house music wherever I go. But I mean, there's a certain vibe. I don't really play Latin style house, but I can just put a, a subtle <laughs> extra a subtle extra tom in there. And yeah. it just adds up and people love it. You, know, you can't I'm, help but to do it when you're there, right? I, know, like, I came I, all the way it's here. So amazing, and the people were so nice in Peru, and it's the same in Ecuador and all around that area. And I didn't know what to think before I went, and I just, I just love, I love meeting people. Um, and Asia, I, I just love Asia. I love all the food in all of Asia, and the people are so nice. I mean, I don't know, but I get, I might get a jaded, a jaded or sort of coloured reality of these places because I'm always working and. I get to meet people as my work persona, but it's people are always so nice, and I feel very lucky, and I really miss it. Of course, it's been especially when that's such a big part of your life. It's hard to be grounded at home and not be able to do the thing that you love, both from like a creative standpoint and then also just from a hang standpoint. You know? Yeah, because I've created quite a lot of music this year, and I have to say the first part of the year, maybe even the first two thirds or three quarters, I've just trashed. Half the stuff I did, because it just was not good. Too many sad bops. Uh, sad bops. And just, <laughs> I mean, I write music from the perspective of playing it out live. Mm-hmm. And when I really felt that I didn't have that to look forward to, um, it definitely went in a bit of a, a maudlin sort of direction. Um, it definitely wasn't the usual stuff. So, I, I, But I've had a, a flurry. Um, ever since things have picked up in the last few months and uh, I haven't started to travel again but I'm ready um, I can, like I'm, feel that coming yeah I, I, I feel the the chi the chi is um, <laughs> flowing through me from the from the foot to the temple and um, I'm ready to take off again and you I got that vaccine in your veins and it really got <laughs> you know, going that's exactly what it is <laughs> um, 
But yeah, I'm really ready to go again. I can feel it's about to happen. So, well, I know it's about to happen. I, I, I go next month. So I start traveling again next month. Can you not talk about at all what that's for? I can't say anything. I mean, I'm starting off on a new show. Right. I can't say what it's for. But I am new very, show. very, very, very <laughs> happy about it. Um, that's really exciting. Yeah, and I, I did manage to do a movie over over lockdown as well, which I'm very excited about. Um, um, it's a bit of a horror horror movie. Um, it had. Have you guys seen Dairy Girls? No. Um, I mean, people over there love it. I know people who watch I've seen the name BBC America and stuff. They love it. Um, it's uh, one of the main characters from that is in it. Um, Colin Mini from Star Trek. I think Next Generation. He was the, or was it Voyager? He, I think it was Voyager actually. He was like the Scotty, but he was the Irish of, he was like the engine fixer. Um, he's like, he plays my father on it. Um, there's a really good Irish cast in it. Um, and also Hannah, um, Hannah, who's in, uh, The Wasp, isn't it? Um, it's really good. Um, it's, I think it's kind of, kind of a tongue in cheek creature type feature. It's, it's not to be taken too seriously. I think there's a bit of comedy in there as well. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, coming out, it's come called out. The Little People. Um, should be out in the next few months, I would say. Do you know what platform it's going to be on? Um, I don't know. Honestly. Uh, I know we were hoping for a cinema release, but it just depends on what's happening in the world. And yeah, this show has come up and uh, it really came like a bolt out of the blue. And um, it's... Very exciting. It's it's on a, it's, it's it's just a concept. Um, <laughs> I was hoping I could have announced it by now, but um, in true fashion, uh, I can't say too much. But it's a, it's a different genre. It's a whole different genre I haven't done before. So maybe by the time you hear this, you'll, you know, I might have announced it because it really is about to happen. I've been waiting to see you in a rom com for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> the lead in a rom com. Uh, you see. I would love to do that. I mean, I, it's, it's, I don't think it'll ever happen because of stereotypes, etc. but who knows? Dude, I think you can break through that, honestly. If there's something you really want to do. Well, I yeah, I mean, I do want to do it. And, I mean, I, it's just it's so important, especially these days, that not everybody looks the same. You know what I mean? It's not like, I mean, we all have we all have feelings as well. We, we go through those emotional, romantic moments and put ourselves in those positions as well. Mm-hmm. Whether we look like Alanis Morissette, like Zach, or um, <laughs> you look like Hodor, like me. <laughs> anyway. Walk me through the difference between like preparing for a DJ set or preparing for an acting role in a different genre that you've never done before. Are there different things that you do to get in the right headspace? Or how do you kind of jump between different genres or personas almost well firstly i get nervous before i've dj'd now for 22 years and sometimes five times a week um but i can't count how many dj or gigs i've done or how many people i've played to i'm still as nervous on every single night as i was on the first night what makes you nervous about it because music's really important to me and when i am i'm trying to communicate something with people and that's why being a resident DJ sort of ended up, I was, I got a wee bit fed up with it because I was having to play the same stuff every night. You know, I was sort of, which I loved the job. Don't get me wrong. It's a really good job, but, um, I want people to have fun, 
but I want people to also hear what I have to put out there. I want almost like I want it's the same. I'm going to say what I have to say because I mean it's, it is communication for me, um, and I want to communicate. I want to be heard, but I want people to have fun. I don't want them to go away going he was shit. At the same time, right? You know what I mean. But there is a balance. I mean, I could go out there and play the Black Eyed Peas. Like to, I, I could play fucking. I could go out there and be swinging off the roof. You know what I mean with their <laughs> right. with their jazzy cocktails. I don't right. want to do that. But everyone knows how to do that. You know. But I think the art of being a DJ is slightly different. Um, and you sort of have a balance between the crowd and yourself of what they want to hear, what they're expecting to hear. And what you want to do, and what, you, what vibe you think they should be in? It's like you're partly responsible for oh, introducing them to a new state of mind. I mean, I guess yeah, but like they had to get themselves there. They had to decide well, they yeah. wanted to be there in front of you and to get your ticket. Yeah, but I always used to. I always never thought I could be a DJ because I always watched DJs with admiration when I was just a club goer, and I would just watch them. And I just thought like they're like the bottom of a pyramid. Everyone's night out is depending on mm-hmm. how how good they are. Um, and it's quite a lot of pressure to create no no moments of of uh, the vibe dipping low into awkwardness at all to be able to <sighs> Dude, make everything seamless. In twenty two years, of course, there's been many, 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 many years, and or many, 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 many gigs. Sorry, and like I mean, I've forgotten most of them, thank God, because there isn't that many. But there's been many. I've just said there isn't that many, but in comparison to all my overall gigs, it's, it's a few number. But I have had bad gigs, and I have had quiet gigs, and there's no rhyme or reason to it. Um, like I can go to New York, and maybe it'll be a bit quiet, and then I'll go to somewhere like in Albuquerque, and mm-hmm. there'll be like 4,000 people there. And then I'll go back to New York the next time, and then the place is absolutely swinging. It just depends on promotion, depends on the night. It depends, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. we all have bad nights, and I have a... Uh, I've developed this talent for like a force field in front of me, which I can't see past. <laughs> so I'll like be sort of doing my vibe, sort of, sort of dancing around, smiling and stuff, but I don't see anybody. If the dance floor is empty, I can't see past like the edge of my decks. You can just like feel the energy in the room. You can't see what's. Yeah, but if there happening. is no energy, I have to make my own. Right. You know, just coping with it. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's it's only going to be an hour. Yeah. <laughs> It's the same as being in a band, you know, you plan in an empty room. But although right. you've got your you've got your bandmates to sort of look at and go, Oh my god. But with me it's just me looking at my tour manager going help. Yeah, that's true. You're all by yourself. <laughs> yeah. I don't even yeah, think that, about it like that. At that point, the uh, just enjoyment of, of kicking ass at something or making it sound good seems like an awesome thing to fall back on. So like do you ever just if, if that happens, if the crowds are small, just try to get more intense at what you're doing or make more risky decisions? Yes. Um, I've definitely used those gigs to test out tracks I haven't played before. Um, and yeah, I don't know if it's the right decision because I think when there's so few people, you should really be trying to keep them there. That's true. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I have done that definitely. I've used it as a, um, as, as a bit of a testing ground. Yeah, that but, seemed like a fun way to do it. <laughs> To try new stuff out, like oh, there's only like four or five of you here. Let's like let's. I want to punish you a little bit with this frequency that punish. I choose, <laughs> just to see what happens. Um, but for acting, um, it really depends on the character, I guess. Um, yeah, I still get nervous as well. Um, I mean, with, with acting, you don't get any feedback really. I mean, obviously, you'll keep doing it until you get it right, but. 
it's not as if the director comes up and gives you a pat on the back at the end of the day and goes, good job, Nairn. Right. You know, with a crowd, it's more of an immediate reaction. Um, you know you've done a bad job or a good job. But, um, yeah, I still get nervous. Um, I haven't got to the stage where that I swan on set and expect everyone to dance to my tune. <laughs> Certainly not. That's <laughs> completely the opposite. But, um yeah, it's a similar process for me. Um, I think from nerves and, and sort of expectation, some some of your best performances can be born. Were you more nervous to come back to Hodor after the gap in season five, knowing that the show had exploded even more than it had leading up to season four after season four and season five? I just realized I went like this. Made a sniffing noise. That was really bad. It's actually it's a vaporizer. <laughs> I'm not quite that rock and roll. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> it's a you start really fast. You'll know. That's in a whole different drawer. Um, For all we know, it could be liquid form though. So if you know, you start talking well, really fast. Liquid form. What year is this? I don't even know that that is anymore. That's the thing. It's 2021. There's no reason that it still needs to be powder. Can we move on from that? Make it more efficient? Like maybe a squirt bottle? Like a fine mist? Speaking of moving on. um, (laughs) 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 Uh, What was the question? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Coming back after the expectation. Yes, it was. Especially in the last last season. Um, Because obviously we've been off for a year. Mm -hmm. And... It was hard. It was hard to get back into character. I had trouble with it actually at first because um, I never really analyzed my process until then. Um, and I remember it was the scene, our first scene back that time, we started by, it was uh, Mira Reed and I we were talking about, well, I wasn't talking obviously, but she was talking about sausages and like how much she's like, don't you miss sausages? And I was like, yeah, give me a sausage. Um <laughs> And first of all, I couldn't do it. It was just, I wasn't him. I wasn't that character. It was just me going, <laughs> um, <laughs> it just took me a while. I said, the director even came over and said, are you okay? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, just give me a minute. But um, it's just, I'd fine tuned reacting rather than being pre- being too present because Holder was not too present. Um, he's not thinking about what's happening in the future. He's not thinking about what's happening in the past. Um, he's not thinking about things like the pressure of the seasons and how to get into character. It's just, it's almost like meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, you uh, sort of would go into this sort of zone where it's like when someone speaks to you, it almost wake you, sort of like react. It's, it's, it's awakening with a really pure reaction, you know, because I don't think he's thinking too much. Um, rather than the task in hand, like if he's if he's cooking a a meal or he's f- he's folding up a sleeping bag, that's solely what's going on in his head. He's not like mm-hmm. thinking about oh my god, what did the Kardashians do last week? Um, <laughs> he's <laughs> he's thinking about that only. So when someone connects with him, he's like, it's like a complete, almost like an electric shock. Is that something that you were told to bring to the character or is that something that you kind of brought yourself to the character it was me um i was never really told anything mm-hmm. um which would have been helpful you know right. to say. I mean, <laughs> especially on the first day sure but um, but um i mean we're all there we're big we're, we're we got apart on this big show so at least the perspective of us with hindsight is to do the fucking job mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. um 
Yeah, I, that did shock me at first. I was expecting someone to come up and go, yes, Christian, now Here's you're doing this correctly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you're not doing it correctly, this is exactly what we want you to do. Um, but no, it's not like that. There wasn't even like a company-wide training video for how to be on a show on HBO. Or oh, just a group Here's text. <laughs> at least a group text. <laughs> no. Um, Can you talk to us a little bit about what that process was like, about joining the show, kind of pivoting a little bit, I guess, from your solely DJ career at that point, mm -hmm. right? Or all the other things you were doing before. This Was this your first project and kind of what was that like? Or how what how did you get to that point where you were on the show? Well, I mean, it was like a slow evolution because the first couple of years, first couple of seasons, um, I think it was kind of lucky because the role in the show kind of grew and it kind of grew with my experience as well luckily I don't think it was meant to be that way but it just sort of happened because mm -hmm. um, the first couple of years I would have DJed as well um, I would have I worked all night I went straight to set um, wow. yeah and that was rough um, but uh, it was fun at the time but it wasn't life changing at first um, it was like a slow tsunami of of change um now it's completely swept my shores uh, i don't have anything that hasn't been ravaged um in a good way it's like a, glitter, a glittery tsunami of um of joy <laughs> glittery tsunami of joy that could be Do my first book when david and dan told you that he was going to be somewhat of a cultural icon yeah well i didn't get it at first because obviously i just heard and, and read they had said Hodor, and that was all. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, one of the weird things was one of the first, I didn't want him to be a laughing stock. Mm -hmm. And that was very much a way I could have played him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wanted him to sure. be a little bit of sadness there. Yeah. Um, but not too much. Uh, we wanted a bit of light relief, a little mm -hmm. bit. Um, but I always wanted there to be a bit of like, what's going on there? <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. And not to be like a clown. Because you know, I remember people saying, well, before they heard how I would do it, they'd be like, like I can't wait to hear you say it. Like, it was sort of as if I was going to be howling it, howling it like, a, like, a, like an idiot or like you mm -hmm. know, some sort of, I don't know. But Dude, that would have been so different. It would have been so different. Come, Maybe it would have been better. Come into it with that energy. Who knows? I don't think it would have been better, man. I think that I know, part, part of the energy of, of the first handful of seasons of the show are those foresty tree-like with green in the background shots with you guys having a like nice sort of like grayish skin tones against it and having those very visceral experiences happening but when you for example showed your dick to everyone in the tree in the tree line <laughs> the, the the look on your face was you were grinning but like you said there was there was more going on there like there was i don't want to say there was a darkness there but there was definitely a heaviness instead of it being like your patch face yeah you know yeah yeah, yeah. well that's what that's what i wanted um and you know as i said i rewatched it recently and it was i was watching the part where bran is being the three-eyed raven and he goes back and um sam little hodor gets to he speaks and he, he sort of he wanted to fight and stuff and when bran comes back and he's saying like why what happened to you and like, he's almost like expecting me to say something to him and Mm -hmm. Obviously, there was there's like a, a silence for a second. And then he just responded with Hodor. It's so sad. Yeah, it, is. It's, it seems like you understood what he had just done. Yeah, that you understood that he learned that history about you in that moment. But I had no way to sort of tell him. 
Right, but for some reason, for some reason, it was communicated there. Yeah, I don't know. yeah. I just, I never really thought. Obviously, I thought about it that way on the day, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. I've never really looked at the performance or anything. Seeing it as a piece of art, the whole show, mm-hmm. I was very faced with it. <laughs> you should oh, yeah. be. You should be really so. proud of it, especially you're talking about not really giving and getting any direction. You kind of went into this without a pat on the back or a gold star at the end of every oh, day. Not, I don't need that. Now. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I need well, that. Well, of course but, not. But as of a first not. time actor, um, I wasn't exactly. sure what to expect. Exactly. You know? <laughs> so it's like you kind of brought your own flavor without any understanding of like what the expectation would be. And yeah. so it's cool to see that evolution. I mean, I very quickly realized that it wasn't going to be that type of show. It wasn't going to be the type of show that it would be sort of appropriate for him to be like a, a circus clown, or, sure. or uh, would have taken away from those scenes, and yeah. So I hope I made the right decision. Uh, if they ever do a remake, uh, it'll be nice to see somebody else's take, but it won't be as good. Have you seen all the people <laughs> on the internet that have been petitioning for a remake of the final season since the the very day it ended? <laughs> uh, maybe maybe before. Yeah, I mean, I would rather. We all were back to normal life. <laughs> I'm more worried about things like that. But it seems like whenever HBO started tweeting about and posting about the ten uh, year anniversary of uh, oh, of that Game was of a trigger moment for those people. Exactly. Yeah, being celebrated <laughs> this month, they're like, "What us again?" Us again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get, I, I get why. I, I don't get why at the same time. Um, I'm definitely on the fence. Um, I think if you're going to remake it, remake more than just the last season. That's my opinion. Well, yeah, there's, there's a, as as I've re- watched it recently, there's a definite shift. Um, there's like old Game of Thrones and new Game of Thrones, really. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the first five or six seasons were like one big season, and then all of a sudden, seven and eight were like season two, Mark two. Yeah. This is we something we talked about on our last episode that yeah. failed. I didn't so it's hard it, so to I didn't, have that same conversation I, again. It is. It's weird. But I, I as I said, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I didn't hate it. Um, Are you at the same place in your rewatch? The episode no, two, season I'm on seven, season seven, or season eight? Now. Mm-hmm. What did you? Okay, so you saw, saw all of seven. What did you think about the Beyond the Wall stuff? Um, <laughs> I mean, it seemed to be quite slow during the. the and then all of a sudden at the end... How about the sprinting? The running back to the wall thing? <laughs> what part was that? I can't... Remember you know, uh, Gendry had show. to give a message to Eastwatch? And so he ran, he, he ran back. Part. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I but how could you? The music was so intense. <laughs> Dude, I could fall asleep in the middle of a DJ set. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Have you ever done that? <laughs> not without um, the use of alcohol. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. Never, <laughs> never future promoters. Never, <laughs> no. It's definitely not in this incarnation of my career. Maybe when I was a resident, I might have, I might have. Um, yeah, we're not going to that anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I know what you're saying about season seven and eight. Um, I know we, as you say, we touched on this last time, and I had to be very careful what I say. But it's not just because I'm blindly simping with the show. I can see there were problems. I can see. There was issues, um, but I also really, apart from adding more time to the show, I don't, I don't, I don't really question any of their, their decisions. I don't question why Daenerys went mad. I don't question mm-hmm. right. getting stabbed, and 
I don't question Bram being king. I don't all that. The actual decisions I don't question, but I do question how how fast it was. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I feel like just the the ability to squeeze the nectar out of it was um Yeah, the nectar was the best part. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The, not the Michael Bay explosions. Exactly. Right, right. But I feel like they've introduced you you were calling it a big one long season and then a season two, mm-hmm. splitting those parts in half or not really in half, but with a weird fraction. Um Yeah, it came away. Like- I mean, you know what as well, sorry, shut up. Um <laughs> I just thought well, like scenes when Tyrion did the big long walk through the rubble. Mm-hmm. So that reminded me of the old yep. season. I said, like, yeah. "This is what I want to see." Yep. Yeah, and even when Cer- people were annoyed when Cersei died that she didn't get like mutilated and hung, drawn, and quartered, but I thought that was such a beautiful way to die, and it was like a piece of art when the, mm-hmm. when the, the camera was like circling art. It looked like a like a Picasso painting. Yeah. Uh, or I don't know, Picasso. What she said, I forget what the line was, but I remember it shaking me. Yeah, she, which she was—I forget what it was. Well, it was like slow, almost quiet, poignant moments that really hit in the show all the time. Instead of these, like you're saying, Michael Bay kind of explosion, yeah. fire, and blood. And I feel like somewhere along the way, the narrative of what people are actually really clinging to, and then what HBO had the money to do. So we're gonna, yeah, give you. We're gonna I'll tell you one thing as well. Though, as someone who's been in the show, people did yeah. ask for that. Because mm-hmm. people did say to me many times, when is this still going to happen? And it's kind of yeah, like, true, you kind of got what true. you asked for, but now you don't like it? Sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not against explosions, though. Think about yeah. uh, season two finale, Blackwater. I'm not against big sequences no. or me action either. scenes. But there is... But when that's all it's about. You just want that time... You want the time to marinate so that when you get to those big action scenes they hit even harder instead of it's like you're saying there just wasn't a lot of time and so they had to jump from decision to decision even if we feel like those decisions were probably the right decision and probably the right narrative choice for the most part it just all happened so fast and as a viewer not understanding why it had to happen so fast when we had seemingly all the hype and the money and the time in the world to do this forever. Yeah, um, but they as, didn't have George. Right, mm. right. I think Which that might be the problem. Piece. I think most of the ne- nectar, uh, this is only my opinion, obviously. Um, and I know there's probably people who follow the show who know more about it than I do. So I, I completely admit that. But um, I think most of the nectar probably came from George. Um, that's how I felt. It's his brainchild. It, yeah, and him still directing and working on, or not directing, but writing and working on episodes all the way up through season four. I think just having that control in some way over the tone or at least being closely associated with the show on the uh, executive or producer side of it, I think yeah. you're going to have a better product because he knows what to do. Yeah, he, he, and he it might not all be written, but he still knows where to, where to guide everything based on the stuff that he even hasn't written yet. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think a big part of it for me was uh, imagine if Peter Jackson had, by the time we're seeing Return of the King or even Two Towers on screen, imagine that you see an, a massive upgrade in the quality of their costumes. And like mm-hmm. the backdrops, you know, how like it's kind of like that in The Hobbit. Yeah, they're, they're they're on in part three when they're fighting on the side of the mountain, and it's like, yes, this is a very beautiful set, and you have amazing armor, and you guys look really cool. But instead, Aragorn's dirty, he's gritty, he's mm-hmm. sweaty, and the camera feels like it's 
stuck in that same environment too. And it feels like you're really there. I feel like a lot of the importance and the scale and like them knowing that, for example, these next five seconds are going to be a GIF and people are going to gift making it as pristine as possible having the little stark heads sticking out of the side of the wall in the uh, like long the hall and I mean, the biggest mid moment of all time in TV possibly is the bit where she walks away and the dragon wings go up behind her exactly yeah. like, yeah. look at that I mean who did that that was like it's amazing I know it's in one of the last seasons and for me to see the dragon moments as those dragons got bigger and bigger I thought I don't care. They're the best looking dragons in any production no, ever. They look sick. Yeah. And they terrify me the way they yeah. move. And I mean, I think they're really beautiful. But yeah. like, whenever like, they, they land to have the armistice meeting with Cersei, and it's like the dragon just lands, I say, like, You're fucked, Cersei. I say, like, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Whenever, and when Jon Snow comes face to face with the, the dragon, it's like, yeah. Oh my God, I'm literally going to shit mm-hmm. myself. Yeah. I, I, how did you not? <laughs> um, I think Bal- balancing all that was hard. I think that the dragons are really good. I think balancing all that stuff together is hard. Yeah. That's it. That's all to sum all that up. But on, on, on the subject of the Hobbits, I have to say my, my favorite performance, apart from maybe um, Ian McKellen, Syrian, mm. is in one of the Hobbit movies, and that's um, Lee Pace as Thranduil. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love Lee Pace. I mean, I'm not going to put it out there. I think he's one of my favorite actors. Um, what what else? What else do you think about it? Was um, <laughs> that's not for camera. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but even in um, Guardians of the Galaxy, he played was it Ro- Rowan? Ro- Rowan? Rowan? He plays um, like a zealot leader of. Um, please don't quote me on this. I'm far too old to remember these things. But he's just such a weird turn of phrase in the way he does things and how he says things and his body language. He does things differently and I really appreciate that. Um, Have you seen Halt and Catch Fire? No. He's really good in that too. No, he's a talented, talented guy. AMC series. Yeah, I liked him as Thranduil. I, I um, at first was a little soft on the expanding the Wood Elves so much in, uh, in Mirkwood, but at the same time, it just... It was so fitting by the time it all it all panned out. I really loved the first two Hoppin movies. Yeah. Loved them. Loved them. Yeah. I just think that he Peter Jackson really nailed the sort of feudal era feeling, uh, at least a weaponry technology and uh, cinematography. It all came together really well. And they, they did a really good job of, I think, developing on that for the first handful of seasons of Game of Thrones. I just think it looked freaking amazing but when you start putting them in front of a giant glaciers and you're meeting dragons and everyone's costumes are really puffy and perfect it's really hard to keep it grounded like that. yeah mm-hmm. i mean it was in the hobbits i think the first one that i learned that every time gandalf came on screen there was something that made me emotional and i couldn't Dude. figure out what it was but it was the motif there was a musical motif of about five or six notes every time i don't know if you've noticed but if you, if you check the thing uh-huh. um there's this sort of really sort of beautiful musical motif of the play every time you see Gandalf and that's what gets you and that's so smart mm-hmm. that's so smart I love Gandalf I swear to God when Gandalf's running in the goblin cave and the, oh God. the the camera comes out and he looks like the the best medieval wizard that you've ever seen like fairy tale wizard with his hat and he's running the dawn will take you <laughs> yeah God, so good <laughs> so freaking good yeah, it's amazing. Um, I, we were talking about that, Hannah, I think last week about um, the – you were like, why didn't the Lord of the Rings adaptation happen, happen for so long? And I was telling you about the cartoons. Have you seen those? Yeah. What would you think? 
Um, the the greatest is, uh, adventure. <laughs> I haven't seen them in years. I saw them when they were made. It was made. Um, made me feel a bit cre- creeped out. It was weird. I, I don't I know. I, I didn't really enjoy it when I was a kid. God, I would take anything when I was a kid. And there's no movie yet. I would take anything. I was like, give me more of that. I was more Flight of Dragons guy. Um, Flight of Dragons? Yeah. And I know What's people that? Lose, lose their shit. What? Yeah, what is I that? I know. I, I don't know. It even has, um, um, what do you call the guy who sings American Pie? John? I don't know. Oh, wow. I'm Weird Al. <laughs> Weird, That's the on. version I grew up on. <laughs> this year, I, I know, know, American Pie. Oh, I know that song. There's going to be so many people name. freaking out to hear that we don't know the name of the song. Sorry. Person. I know. Well, I'm people should know by now my... Uh, American Pie writer. Cultural singer. knowledge is... Oh, basically, he does the same song, Flight of Dragons. Okay. Um, it's a beautiful Don McLean. Song. John McLean. I was going to say that actually. Don McLean. John McLean. I have a friend called John McLean. Okay. <laughs> John <it>. McLean. <laughs> Are you friends with the guy from hey, John, uh, Die Hard? Definitely, <laughs> definitely not going to be listening to this. Um, watch the movie. It's on. It's on some streaming platforms. It sounds like poo hoop. <laughs> I don't think you can stream it I don't think you can pay to stream it is what I'm saying what's it called again? Flight of Dragons Flight of Dragons okay I mean the animation is a bit dated now but I still think it's beautiful and the music is so beautiful it's all about um, how logic is taking over magic and Mm. the Flight of Dragons and uh, it's it's very sad so listen listen to the song right now guys right now American Pie? A, no, a, a flight of dragons. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, they, have, they have like a theme song? Is that what you want us to listen to? Yeah, I'm just scared to touch anything because my computer's going to mess up and I'm the I'll only on one who hasn't. Yeah. Who hasn't I mean, messed I, was, up. I would sing it, but I'm not going to. Where is my phone? Dang, I wish you would. It's up your butt. <laughs> <laughs> it would fit a lot easier because I don't have a huge yeah, case. Yeah, no, sure, I know that. Not for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> what reason are I you speaking of? <laughs> Please go on. Finish this. There we go. Please don't sue us. Oh, people oh are, yeah. Come on, guys. This is my shit. Look at this. Garbage. Hell yeah. Anyway, that's not the song. This is the intro. This kind of looks like oh, okay. the Game of Thrones dragon. That's Rhaegal. <laughs> <laughs> that's George, that's actually. Yeah. <laughs> George writing Rhaegal. That's funny. No, just, hold on. You haven't got to the music bit yet. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's so 70s. I'm in. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, the animation is dated, yes. No, that's something that needs to be made in a movie. Yeah. I want to play Princess Millicent. <laughs> <laughs> Continue to just like dominate in your career and then yeah. you will be powerful enough and have enough money to do whatever you want and you can fund the movie yeah. make of that. Yeah, that, that is your where it's passion at, project. Hell yeah. Yes, once I've, once, I've, once I've paid off all the debts I've accrued in this year of not working. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we believe in you. <laughs> I'll take another 20 years for sell my house. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I would what, love to do that. What is left for you to do in acting on the screen? What do you want to do? I don't even think I've begun. 
I don't say like a big one. I'm not the type of person that is ever satisfied with what I've done. I'm not not happy with what I've done. I'm not satisfied not at all. What are you not happy with? No, I mean, I'm... You're not full. My personality type isn't that... And this is why I have 17 pairs of headphones. This is why I've got... Am, am I that white person with a hole in his soul? I don't know. Um, that's what Native Americans used to talk about. Uh, maybe creatively, yes. I, I don't feel that I've, I've reached my... I don't think I've reached my pinnacle. Well, will I ever will? I don't know. Um... Will it be as will it be what I think it will be? I don't know, um, but I don't feel that I'm there yet, and that has certainly became apparent during this year because I'm so ready to get back to it. Mm-hmm. Um, until I until I go on stage with my guitar and um, I'm in a '90s '80s hair metal band and we're playing White Snake type <laughs> songs, I'm right. not done. Right, <laughs> right. That's a good yeah. goal. Yeah, I mean, that's all I ever wanted to do. Really? Have you seen my new guitar? The one that you showed me? The Swamp one? Well, I don't know if I can debut this Oh, yet, sorry, bo- Bogwood. The Bogwood one, yeah. Uh, is this, are you going to use the video for this or what? Uh, no, I don't think so. We don't have a... We I never have, I'll show you this. Those. Yeah, you can, I want to see it. You can, you can this is just for me. Yeah. We should put some of the video on Patreon, though. Yeah, you I'm, got it, patrons. Just direct it towards Christian there and paypal.com. <laughs> <laughs> you ready for this? Oh, yeah, Oh, yeah, my yeah, gosh. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's something. And there's a, it's got like a rave in there. That's really cool. I love that detail. Dude, yeah. the feathers. Yeah. Wow. It's five. Tell her what it's made of. Yeah, five thousand euro bogwood from my bog. No. <laughs> okay. Christian has a bog. In case you're all wondering. Thanks, Game of Thrones. It's a great The rest of the beasts. Wow, the southern that's wilderness. beautiful. Yeah, it's one of a kind. Um, Yet again, I haven't debuted. Uh, no, it's, it's terrible, you know, when you live your life like this. It's like, yeah, I have to debut everything. Oh, my God. Like, I have to debut this beer. Oh, my God. Right. <laughs> you know I, mean? I have to debut this remote control. Oh, the first time ever. Oh, my God. So swaggy. <laughs> Send me free ones. No, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like that. But the guy who made it put a lot of effort into it. It's, uh, mm. in, um, it's a guy, Curlian Guitars, and he uh, is a master luthier. Master, I've, I've played maybe a thousand guitars in my life. I've never played a guitar like this before. It's hmm. it's so beautiful to play. He actually scaled the fretboard up a little for my large monster oh, pose. Cool. So the action is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And like ridiculous. Can, it's easier for me to make chords and everything because I have big hands. Did you learn? Is that the first instrument you learned to play guitar? No, piano. Piano. Okay. Piano was my first. Christian can shred. Can you? A lot of people might not know this, but he can shred. Yeah, I got to play with Megadeth um, like two years ago now. Um, I didn't know it was going to happen. And I only had the memory of spending all those days learning those songs when I was like 14. Mm -hmm. But I was able to remember one of those solos. And I I was presenting um, at Hellfest in France. And I got to, I got to interview them and I got to play like rehearse backstage with them. I was crying. I literally, uh, it's on my Instagram if you check it out. Um, we do like a whole symphony of destruction, you know, just a symphony uh, of destruction. And I was doing, <laughs> and I got to introduce Megadeth on the stage. And you know, I've been the sound person for people presenting so many times. I fucked up the mic so many times. Mm-hmm. I remember I walked, strode forward with a bad back at the time, strode forward. Um, 200,000 metal fans there. 
Mm-hmm. And I just remember Jesus. going, ladies and well, Mike wasn't on. And I was just, oh. like, I, just, I, I just remember turning around to the back of the season, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I've been back there. <laughs> gotta get you humbled. Yeah. Just a little bit. I got to introduce him. And yeah, it was so weird. So weird. Um, what an incredible moment. Honestly, that's, that, if, if you look at your, your life like a, um, a cryptocurrency chart, that'll be one of the high points, one of the high spikes for me mm-hmm. that day. Getting to, I got to interview Jonathan from Corn. got to interview Allison Chains, like another almost crying moment. Um, so many people I admire and they were all like freaking out because they're all big Game of Thrones fans. And mm-hmm. Oh, cause, cool. Because I remember people were saying, oh my God, you interviewed Alice in Chains, they're not in a good, they're not in a good mood today, they're being dicks. And it was so sweet with me. And everyone was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> and they were such nice guys. Um, yeah, that, that was a weird day. I've had so many weird days. I mean, that's why I sum up. I see them as weird days. Um, how about playing BlizzCon after being someone who's been so dedicated to World of Warcraft for such such a long time? For, Still am. For, for life to turn around for you like that to where you're now in World of Warcraft commercials. I mean, if you look behind and me, they're, they're sending like Warcraft you stuff. Computer. They're like, hey, <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like the, the Megadeth thing is one of those things. Yeah. But, but the World of Warcraft thing for me, knowing you and just knowing even early when, when we were friends and Game of Thrones was less huge and we yeah. were playing, um, we were in Wailing Caverns, just so you're helping me run through the dungeon to boost yeah. the level on my dude. To go from there to them giving you legendary drops for free, wink, that wink. That never happened to you. <laughs> just because you're jealous. You're jealous, bitch. To go just from a- there to you, when you played BlizzCon, I was so proud for you. I was so happy. And then now to see in lockdown them coming to your house and <laughs> and coming to you to be in an ad for their new expansion. It's just, that's been really, really beautiful to see unfold. Well, thank you. I mean, fucking awesome. Yeah, it's not wasted on me, man. You know that. I, I mean, when I go to BlizzCon and stuff and someone's like, here's the guy who designs the the cover of the box set, I'm still like, of course. Yeah. Because you, so you love, you love WoW. You love I do love it. WoW. It's, it's deeply within me, deeper than anything that's ever been within me. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, not that's a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you use maybe a better word than stretch there. But, um, <laughs> no, I think stretch is good. Stretch works. Okay. Um, but yeah, this, I've been a voice in the video game. I've been a character in the video game. I have, I'm a dungeon boss. I've, done, I've DJed this con three times, once virtually. Wow. Crazy. I, I love them. I, I love everybody who works for them. And it's just such a nice company. Um, uh, yeah. What's next? I mean, that's what I said. If you've seen Lemony Snicket's series, a series of unfortunate I've, events. I've read them. Well, that's my life. I'm, but only it's a series of weird events. <laughs> and I, I don't understand how I've got here. I don't understand why, really. But um, I'm happy to go with it. I, I think that it's got to be mostly because you're such an awesome person. No. No, no, no. You don't think so? I don't believe him any more often than anybody else. Dude, people uh, often have a hard time expressing who they are. And Mm -hmm. I think that ever ever since I've known you, you've never had a problem expressing who you are. And it's something that's... I'll take that. I don't... 
Oh, it's something that's always made me feel comfortable and a lot more at speed and just have be able to have more fun around you. I think that mm. like it's why we did the podcast. It's why we're doing this yeah. this episode now. It's just it's fun to hang out and you're there. When I talk to you, you're there. And mm. you're not thinking it it's like how you tried to to plug the uh, the point of view perspective into Hodor. It's like you're not thinking about what is happening in the future or the implications of things that happened before before in the past like you're just there coasting through and i think that there's some weird shit going on in this planet mm. to where if you can live within the harmony of the moment and actually be good and add good vibes and good energy and try to make good things happen here that good things might also happen to you because you you were doing things you've been doing things throughout your life that i think a lot of people would consider to be something that is hard to do and not just hard by difficulty, but difficult to express yourself in that way because people might judge you awkwardly or think that you're not the right person to be able to do that or think that nobody should be able to do those things, but you've kept doing those things. And I mean, look where it's like you said, look where it's led you. It's, it's weird, but Maybe very uncomfortable with thank you. how many people, how many people get to do, what you've done with the things that you've been interested in when you're standing on stage and you're introducing one of your favorite bands who also love you because they think the job that you did was also amazing how crazy is that it's this it there's something in that. for me it doesn't really compete um there's also days like i'm doing i mean i, I was very nervous doing san diego comic-con because uh, that was i mean i don't have a problem talking in front of people at all anymore um i was never the person in class who put his hand up Never. Mm. And when the teacher asked me to speak, I would have died. Um, mm. I hated drama class because it made me stand away from the crowd. That was before I learned. That was before I went through the things I went through and became who I am today. But um, I just remember during Comic-Con, it really hit me. It was like, I just felt like that boy. I felt like a boy in the class for once. And I think it was because I was there with my, my uh, fellow actors if I had been on my own, I think it would have been easier. I didn't want to let them down. I was like, I was, I was more. I, I don't mind letting myself down. I, I, I can talk myself out of anything, but I didn't want to. I, I wanted to make sure they came across well. And also, made me nervous. What did you do to feel like yourself again? And how were you yourself again in that moment? I don't know. If it, I honestly don't know if it was because I mean, a lot of my. I mean, I'm, I'm very, as you say, I'm very much who I am. I'm very Northern Irish and. I make little quips and stuff, and I don't know if Holly, Holly in San Diego Comic Con is that place. I think it's about self celebration, coming on stage, going, "Yeah, I'm in the new Marvel movie, and I'm going to dress up as Loki, and I'm going to fucking shoot fire at him, twat." Um, <laughs> I am like, really? I, I'm not that type of person. <laughs> no offense, Tom, um, but yeah, I, I think that is a place for self celebration. I just don't know if I'm good at that because uh, sometimes it is. It's a place to go. Yeah, this is what we've done. I know you're all here to see us. Right. And I'm like, yeah. There's, there's like a, a part of you that probably feels a responsibility to give the people what they want out of that moment. Yeah, and that's a good yeah. thing. That's a good thing. And yeah. Like, even at the end of my DJ sets, I tend to leave the stage before the song finishes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I hear them all cheer, and I'm like, I'm, I'm, already, in the, I'm already in the hotel. And people are, people some might think that's disrespectful, but it's not meant that way. It's because I don't like people cheering and clapping at me. I mean, at the end, I don't mind doing it. That's like, that's great. Mm-hmm. Enjoy yourself, but I don't want to accept this. I don't feel it. I, I remember one night, one night in Boston. Um, it was in Boston and it was a really good night. And 
my manager who always pushes me to do things I don't want to do and I'm immensely grateful for that because he's usually right um which I hate to admit um there was a really mad crowd and I was just I was just doing my usual thing just get myself ready to turn around and walk off I just stood there like it looked a bit nervous actually he was like nope you're not going anywhere I was like I'm going and he went nope Nope, if I have to physically stop you, I can't physically stop you, but I'm going to try. <laughs> uh, I was just like, you're not going to let me out. And he like, stood in front of me again, which is really dangerous because I fucking hate that. Um, <laughs> but I didn't want to kill my manager. Um, and he made me stand there and just be like, thank you. I don't mean I'm not grateful. I mean, it's completely the opposite. It's completely the opposite. It's me just feeling like unworthy. In a way, like an overload of humility. Yeah, it is. It, it, it's just, I just don't feel this very. Uh, I just think it's very becoming to stand there and be a gluten prick. I think it's hard too, it especially hard. when it's you're not, on it's not the type of person I am. Right when you're on stage, especially, and you're projecting a personality, and like you're you're projecting through your music or through your acting. You're mm-hmm. creating a moment and an energy, and then when it's just you, kind of yeah, laid bare. That's so it. That's it's so a whole it. different that's thing. So it. And I don't want that. Um, yeah. But then there's been times when it's been really cool as well. I mean, of course. Oh, at the end of, I'm squirming here in case you can't tell people. Um, <laughs> oh, like at the end of season, um, the, the last season premiere, I got to go to the final, the final season, uh, the final premiere in New York, and the fan, the fan, the fan premiere. Yeah. And no, I mean the fan. Oh, I'm a fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was Chris just showed me how to do fa- a fan trick. Ooh, it was pretty fork. awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so cool. <laughs> okay, people can do it inherently. Um, well, <laughs> they just come out with one on their wrists. I've borrowed it from your culture. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember leaving, waiting for the for the the car at the end, and at the, at the minute I appeared at the back, the whole Fifth Avenue. Like the whole way up and down was chanting Hodor. Oh gosh! And it was so emotional because I was like, "Is this possibly the last time this is going to happen?" Um, and but not only that, it was it was just so I could have cried. I really could have. And like uh, any cast members that were there, were just they were so happy. They're going to just like smile at me, going. It was just a really nice moment. It was one of those moments like a dream. And then it also. I could uh, I couldn't get back in the door. I was like scratching the door. <laughs> back in. But I, I, I just I, I am I get out of body experiences then because I don't feel like I am that person and I, I just want people to know that I do really appreciate it. and um a second out of body experience for me. Sure. What is the ten uh, year anniversary now? It is yeah. of Thrones. The Iron anniversary. The Iron anniversary. Yeah, I can't believe it. I'm just glad that none of us has aged today. (laughs) (laughs) Tell that to every joint in my body. (laughs) Right. (laughs) If you, I mean, if you look back, and we've talked a lot about this Mm -hmm. through the course of the show, but kind of looking back on how your life would change, like, can you picture where you would be without Game of Thrones? Like, what does that look like for you? Thinking about these 10 years and how much your it's like you were saying it seeped into every part of your life. I mean, I don't know. Um, I think maybe something would have happened. Um, I think things happened the way they're meant to happen. Mm-hmm. But 
I was at the end of a, a, a time in my life when I, I got to the end of DJing for like one club. Um, and I was really thinking, what are we going to do? What's next? I mean, I don't want to be, no disrespect to anybody who does this, guys, um, but I don't want to be like doing birthday parties and weddings and bar mitzvahs. And, it wasn't for you. Know, you. I, I, I mean, it's not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly because the same reason I can't talk on a microphone. Um, <laughs> well, I, I can't, obviously. Hi. <laughs> um, but um, I can't, oh, oh, gives me like, oh, shingles. Um, but I, I'd reached the stage where I wasn't really sure what next I was going to do. Um, I had written so much music, I didn't have the confidence to put it out. Um, or the real, I, didn't, I wouldn't have known who to contact. I didn't have any sort of clout in that way. I was just a very good DJ. And you, you need to be more than that now because um, there's so many DJs around. You need to have a hit single. You need to have a unique selling point of some way to make a difference in everybody else who's talented, mm-hmm. you know. Because everyone's talented. Um, yeah. oh, there's some really shit DJs out there. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that right now. I've, I've heard some really, really awful warm-up DJs. Um, like the, the worst. And it makes it stand out when you hear the really good ones, the really good ones. And I have to give a shout-out to Leia. Um, there's one in Calgary who I would quote as probably the best DJ I've ever DJed with. Um and there was one in France, in Lyon. Um, I didn't know who he was, I still don't. Do you know how I know? It's like, it's only ever happened once or twice. I, I'm listening to what the warm-up DJ is playing, and I'm going, I don't want to play my set now. <laughs> you're like, I don't think anything can be good. Or or you're like, I don't know if I could even compare to that. Yeah, like, I, I mean, it's not because up. it's like bigger music. It's just, I want to play like that. I want to play this music. What is this music even? And it happened also in Mexico. Because you're actually. a fan too, so it's yeah. You know. I still love music, and I love yeah. to be. I love to be challenged, and I love to. Be, and that makes me raise my game mm-hmm. as well, you know. But there's an art to being a warm up DJ, and it's a really, really difficult art because you have to bring the crowd up to a certain level and not go boom. Right. You know what I mean? But yeah, I have a lot of admiration for that. Um, but I completely forgot what it was saying. Um, Would you ever let art. Zach and I be your no. warm-up DJ? Okay, <laughs> no, no need to continue. I know Zach would have on like Southern bluegrass or something, or some shitty open sky country shite. <laughs> Am I Fair right? Enough. I wouldn't play your stuff, that's for sure. Uh, no, you wouldn't, you couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Did I see you, bitch? <laughs> I'm going to put on, what's it called? The dragon? Fly the dragons? Fly the dragons, that's what I'm putting on. People are going to start crying. They're like, this is so beautiful. It reminds me of my childhood. <laughs> I think we'd be crying that's for a different angle. reason. Um, I actually love open sky country, you know. I, 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 there's a band called Lord Huron. I really... No, I love yeah. Lord Huron. Oh, Hell yeah. What's your God. favorite What's your favorite song slash album? <sighs> Lonesome Dreams is my favorite album. Right on. Um, There's only one song I know. It's, it's actually, I don't know the songs of the album, because it's my go to sleep album. Um, I just turn it on my, my speaker beside me and just play it every night. Have you listened to Vide Noir, the new album? No. Dude. Really good. After this episode, you know how you like, uh, what what is it? Young Blood? Yeah. It's like that vibe, but oh, no a, way. Different, a different genre. Not not dance, mm-hmm. but the same sort of high uh, string kind of staccato, you know? Yeah. 
Um, emotional? It's a very emotional, but it's, a sl- it's slow. There's some uh, arpeggiated guitar in it, but uh, it's the first Sorry, track. Uh, Sounds good for me. After this episode, put it on in your headphones. Dude. You're gonna, you're gonna, lost in time and space. Okay. Sounds good for me. Actually, we, we have a friend in common, actually, one of the, the guys I've discovered for that. I put it up on um, an Instagram story recently, and uh, one of my best friends and uh, who's a manager in LA was like, oh, no, I totally hang out with them. Like, <laughs> you're like, I can't wait to introduce them at their show when COVID's over. Right. Yeah, so have a little minor heart attack. So, um, yeah. Lord, here are the best. Dude, they're good. They are good. Yeah, I just, I mean, if you haven't heard them, guys, how would you describe them? I've got like a, a sort of bluegrassy open sky, but the guitars are twangy and almost like 60s sort of sound into them. With a sounds like he's singing to a condensed megaphone sometimes. He's like a, he's a, a tenor, I would say. He's like yeah. a tenor singer, not too deep, but he's not like, he's not crazy. He still tries to sound sort of uh, masculine, I guess you would say. And, uh, yeah, like there's slides. Like for example, Lost in Time and Space has like a it, when it starts, there's an equestrian vibe at the beginning that goes right away after that. But it and starts out shells. with this, like kind of like a horse galloping, yeah. And then it's like uh, <laughs> like a nice slide. Uh, okay, it's good. Like a steel guitar slide, it's good. But yeah, I would say that they're like a sort of an emotional rock, but not like the kind that you might be thinking. Not the kind that Taylor Swift rips off of. But uh, <laughs> I think <laughs> it's very time. different. They're, they're really their own vibe, aren't they? Yeah, no, they are. It like connects to people in a way that makes them feel like someone's giving them a hug. Hmm. It, it reminds me of driving and the nighttime drive, and like mm-hmm. driving through the center of like the plains in America, and with all the stars above you. And you're going to love that song. I'm telling yeah. you, that first track on the new album. Okay, I'm totally going to listen to that. 2017, though, so it's not that new. I'd like a new one. Oh, really? I think it's I think it's on the way. Really? Yeah. I don't know that at all, actually. Me <laughs> it's like, you have inside <laughs> info from Instagram or what? You're just like automatically an insider on everything. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, my friend and I, my, my best friend, Jim, um, he calls it the fountain of knowledge that we've always had. It's just, do you know when you automatically just answer a question like mm-hmm. with great authority yes. and you know absolutely yes. fuck all? I do it all the <laughs> yes. time. Yeah, yes. that's the cosmic <laughs> fountain of knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> I do it all the time. And he just said, is that from the fountain? I'm, uh, yeah. It's hard when you say do it in front of people who know what you're doing. Yeah, it's that's terrible. That's when like, I do that in like, front really? of Zach all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work out well for me. <laughs> what are you drinking, Hannah? Um, a sparkling ice. Is that from the fountain? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did? Oh, did Zach make you buy that? I'm on the I'm on the train hard. Yeah, I have a, I have a cupboard for the. I don't have any. Do I? No, I don't have any here. But I have. Are so you on much the Yeti stuff. gang too? Yeah. Yeah. Christian has a, a huge drawer full of them. <laughs> no way. He buys he up, buys updated color line. The copper ones came out. We were texting about. It. He's like, I just got the whole copper. Line. <laughs> oh, those are beautiful. Yeah, they are. They yeah, are. I'm so on the. I'm so in the cult. Join the cult, people. Yeah, because I don't have the t- the can cold thing though because it's a game. Honestly, okay, it's a game changer. You I got would love Zach it, dude. one for Christmas and used it once, and then like immediately needed to buy it for myself. And now I own t- both sides or two sizes of them because I yeah, don't want to drink. So 16. this is like, yeah, this is the 16 and then there's the... That one? Yeah, I, I have, have the both. 12 too. I have both, yeah. You yeah. both? Yeah, yeah because... They have, and they have skinny 
I don't want to <laughs> oh, drink. I they don't do. want to drink another drink that's not in a Yeti at this point. Dude, listen. You know how like you don't want another drink that hasn't passed through a Yeti. Yeah, that has isn't being kept fridge cold or <laughs> you know freezer how it cold. Feels when you get the can right out of the fridge, yes, it stays that way the whole time you're drinking it. Are you sponsored? No, no but we not, should be. Not a sponsor. <laughs> We really should be at this point. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> Seriously, that would be a- we put awesome. on. We all put on. You two, you got a drawer full of it. I mean, you know what it's yeah, like. I mean, I don't really need it. I don't think the stage is going to sponsor me. I mean, I don't really. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you don't need the sponsorship. I've got, big, I've got a big, massive cooler box, which I've never used, of course. <laughs> no. No, it's in my garage. The energy of you, when I was thinking, when you were saying you wanted a cooler for your bedroom, I was just like, that is the most... Like, that is the definition of flossing to me. Well, actually, I, I moved it in here. It's, in, it's a, now a double refrigerator. It's got, like, the ice machine and all. So oh, beautiful. Yeah. That's living. It's only yeah. the next room, but it's only, like, one room walk, walk away from a bedroom. That's even smarter because you don't have to keep refilling it with ice. But you know, I, I, you I have like, a large house like I do. It's very difficult sure. to walk to the kitchen or call oh, the course. staff. It's difficult for you. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's very hard. I can totally yeah, relate. Yeah, sometimes broken, you know. Sure. <laughs> I can totally relate. No, I'm only joking. Obviously, yeah. Christian has a lot of a lot of egg cups. That's what he has. We don't talk about egg cups. Oh yeah, egg cups are videoed. <laughs> but I do. I do have a lot of egg cups. Both ones that are stationary and mobile. You can't eat eggs anymore, though, right? No. Damn. Why not? I'm vegan. Oh, you are. Yeah, I've been vegan. Can't tell by the healthy glow. You are um, glowing. There, there is so. a nice glow. We need to get into what your routine is after this. Well, if everyone wants to sponsor me from no, I'm um, yeah, veganism is hard, but it's also not hard. What brought you to that? Like, why did you become a vegan? Dairy is bad for you, um, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. Much as I dearly love it, um, I just it doesn't really agree with me. Um, I don't think it really agrees with anybody, honestly. But it is real. The one thing I miss, the one thing I have difficulty with being an Irish boy is is butter. Um, oh, we have yeah. such beautiful grass-fed butter over here. Mm-hmm. And no matter what the vegan gods put into the spread, it's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> but, I don't even think about um, something like butter. Yeah, butter is hard. I mean, I do cheat occasionally, but I would say 99%. We're, we're up to about 90, 95%, I would say, um, of a weekly diet is vegan now. Um, so it's... It's all dietary, non-animal cruelty. Yeah. Um, so that it's not about the animal cruelty. I mean, it's more. You know, it's, it's, it is actually. Um, I just think we're we're all living in such a non-sustainable way, um, including me. I mean, I could do far more things, but you have to do something. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. there's no excuse not to do something. I mean, that's what people say. You know, oh, you, you do this, you do that. But I mean, there's no excuse not to do anything. You know. Um, especially like with the meat, I think the meat production industry and the methane that's produced, and um, and you know what? I, I all I can say is there's arguments to and from for everything, but you have to do what's you, and I believe that that's important to reduce. And also with the seas, um, I mean, I think everyone's been talking about that documentary recently, but mm-hmm. I've I've seen things before like that, and. Um, I haven't been comfortable with seafood for a long time, which is hard because I love seafood. Um, but I haven't been comfortable with that for a long time. Um, it's crazy when you think about that. The things I miss most are butter 
And as sure Zach will attest to, um, cheeseburgers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love cheeseburgers. <laughs> we, <laughs> I'm sure we've told this story before, but I don't think we have. Not on, well, not on this. Well, yes, you should cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> I was a uh, I was vegan at one point in my life. Were you not vegetarian? No. And uh, Christian is the person that <laughs> broke me off of it. He was like, <laughs> he was like, let's let's eat this shit instead. And so we did. So we got White Castle. It was my idea, but I can't believe that's the jump that you made, though. That feels so chaotic. Yeah, just a case of thirty miniature cheeseburgers, which Zach ate the next day, cold from the fridge. <laughs> I think I ate the day after that too. I mean, yeah. they were fine. They were just refrigerated. Were they were, fine? Uh, the they reaction were fine. Zach was quite interesting because Zach <laughs> for the fr- for the next two days was not the person I met on the first day. <laughs> he became like a bear with a and I had cloud above him. <laughs> had that hotel mayo, which made it even better. Hotel mayo. Mm. Yeah, they had like nice hotel hines. mayo. Hotel mayo. Room like, good temperature. I love room temperature mayo. Yeah. Bring it on. The best. That's how it, that's how it's meant. That's how it, that's how it comes. That was in Indianapolis. That was in Indianapolis. Um, I feel like it's only fitting now at this point. At some point that I can return the favor. I don't know if it's gonna be White Castle, but I feel like we need to. We're talking about harmony. Other hot seconds. I didn't have a cheeseburger a couple of days ago. You have another thing coming. Okay, I, I'm to keep my, I can't keep my system regulated, so I'm not I get gonna it. have a shot. I get it. Um, sure, yeah, that makes sense. Zach, makes, yeah. you Zach makes unbelievable cheeseburgers so i will say so that should be what you break for because zach goes in when he makes cheeseburgers so i'm a very plain cheeseburger eater i only like i mean my favorite cheeseburger is just buffalo meat or bison mm-hmm. and ju- just cheese and onions and that's me that's all i want yeah you don't we need do the, less than that if it's good you mm-hmm. don't need the extra stuff yeah on it I like to do thinner patties with a layer of mm. cheese in between each and stack them so it's like you're eating a thick cheeseburger, no, no, but no, no, no. you have all that different texture. Yeah, there's a very, very, very delicate meat to cheese ratio that has to be preserved. And What's the ratio? Du- double burgers work for me. I like a single burger. You don't um, like the double cheese slice? However... If you take me to Wendy's and you get me a quadruple stack, I will thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I will not fall out with you. I love the Wendy's. I mean, hello. We don't have them over here. It's like torture. Oh, you what are you we doing do, we, with we just got five guys? Like, oh Ooh. god, that's that's where it's at. Yeah. Here's me. The vegan conversation has really took a left turn <laughs> it here. It seems like you're a real <laughs> strict vegan. <laughs> I told you from the onset, I, I like a cheeseburger. Yeah. So here, look at this. Look at this. That's like pornography, man. Yeah, I know. Me too. That's the same for me. That's why I look at it. <laughs> How like, long have you been vegan for? Two, two and a half away. months. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I mean, it's easy. It is easy. I mean, some of the we have a supermarket here called Marks and Spencers, yay, and they do amazing um, plant stuff. Like, so good. Well, there's so many options these days that are pretty readily accessible. So yeah. it makes it. I mean, I'm about to go to California, and it's like it's going to be so easy to be vegan yeah. there. It's like <laughs> vegan central and the vegan mothership. Right. Yep. So you feel like have everything. Weird desserts. Strange replacements for meat. Yeah. Of course, vegan cheese that actually tastes good. That's hard to find. Uh, we have one here called Applewood, which is quite nice. Um, are you are you using it? Yes. Vegan cheese. I was going to ask you about that today randomly. I was like, are you eating cheese, vegan cheese now? Because that's one of the things that I struggled with. I love cheese, yeah. I, liked, I, I wanted mozzarella sticks. I wanted 
Mozzarella sticks and marinara. That's what I wanted when I was vegan. There's a certain way I can think about milk in my head that will stop me from eating it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I'm not going to say it. And like, no, 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 don't say it. Just don't. Is it, is it cow pus? Is that don't how you say, say those it? words. Yes. You don't like pus? Is it, did I guess? Yeah, you did. Yeah. That's what it is. Ladies and gentlemen, I was not going to say it. But yeah, that's, that's all I need to hear. And that's Especially enough for me. when they cook, you know, they when they pasteurize it and they just they I, superheat it and then they, I guess, do a little bit of coloring back to it. Do you know what? I don't want to preach to anybody because it's just if someone preached at me, it would put me off doing it. Of course. So mm-hmm. I think people need to come to it on their own. I, I like milk when it's in chocolate milk. Chocolate milk is awesome. Chocolate vegan milk? Not any milk. Chocolate, chocolate milk. vegan milk is really good. There's one I, like I silk. Guess. Silk? This have you had that brand Silk? No. It's a uh, soy milk. Like I really like van- soy milk, actually. Vanilla and chocolate soy milk. Oh dude. It's like drinking a soda basically. I was gonna ask, what are you doing on artificial sweeteners? I don't really take them. Are you okay with them? Like would you I know we've talked about Zevia. I don't drink before. soda anymore. No Zevia? No. Hmm. Damn. This is not a sustainable lifestyle, sir. <laughs> well, well, I need some artificial <laughs> Yeah, okay. <laughs> We'll see how I get on. Um, I hope it goes goes well. Sugar is yeah, sugar is the best and the worst. Do you miss fruit juice? Yes. Gosh, a lot, especially orange juice. I mean, that used to be my downfall. I would drink a shit ton of orange juice. Really? Orange juice rules. It is the best. I mean, I always said if I was going to commit suicide in the future, I would just like <laughs> fill a bath of orange juice and just, just drink to the point of drowning. Pulp or no like pulp? It? Yeah, exactly. Pulp or smooth? Well, with pulp, definitely. I want the best. Mm, you want that okay. mouth feel? Yeah. The mouth feel is so important <laughs> in so many areas of life. When you drink, don't you like when you drink enough of it, it starts to hurt your mouth? The acid from it starts to burn your lips. I don't want to talk about this. Well, this is this is our show, man. You know, this yeah, is the kind of stuff we want to talk about. <laughs> I don't want to torture myself. That's why. That's so true. That's pretty messed up of us. Yeah. You should try this. This is a uh, just electrolyte powder. That sounds yummy. Instead of drinking, drinking like a Pedialyte, like those little kids Pedialyte, you can just dump individual scoops of powder into a cup, and they taste fine. It's pretty good. Fine. They taste fine. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> really fine. selling it hard. Yeah, fine is not. Uh, when I'm in the studio, and I say, like, yeah, that arpeggio, yeah, it's fine. So I don't want a fine arpeggio. I don't want a fine drink. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, That's, I was going to have just regular water for this recording, but I was like, well, Hannah was like, you're not going to have anything to drink. I was like, you're right. Yeah, I well, it's kind of kind of messed up. I don't understand. To me, I don't know. I love having like four drinks at all times. And so to me, going into a situation drinkless is kind of messed up but i yeah, get it everyone's well, trying to be healthy i get it no i, I the only reason i don't have one is because you, you plucked me from my other other parts That's true <laughs> <laughs> i would have had a drink in there <laughs> Could have left it though, i guess what do you think the next G- game of thrones spinoffs are going to be like no idea next but next subject um, no, <laughs> i haven't honestly i haven't a clue um I know absolutely nothing about it. Although people keep weirdly asking me, are you going to be honest? I'm like, hi. Hi, am I going to be honest? I mean, I'm glad to make myself available. But no, I, 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 I mean, no. <laughs> I don't think I'll be honest. Um, and I am 
I have heard, be it rightly or wrongly, that George is there. Uh, George is helping with the writing, um, I believe. And that makes me very, very happy. Yet again. Mm-hmm. So if he's anything to do with it, I'm sure it'll be great. Would you get in trouble if you started rumors about the spinoff series? Like if when people ask you that question, you... Yeah, I mean, if I genuinely knew anything. No, but if you don't know anything and you started rumors and you were like... Making stuff up. Yeah, I know that the XYZ oh, is going to happen. Oh, making stuff up. That's okay. I can yeah, totally do you? that. It's going to be animated in the style of The Simpsons. Right, that sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> no. Although in musical. Um, <laughs> now that would hit for Yeah, me that, that, would, that would definitely take a few boxes <laughs> at the minute. Um, no, I, I genuinely don't know anything. Um and I'm really glad because I would probably get myself in trouble. <laughs> but now that you've watched the show all the way through, start to finish from the first Nearly. time, you'll have, or almost, you'll have the, I don't know why that would change your perspective on what the spinoff <laughs> is going to be because it's not going to be the same thing. But Completely different, yeah. yeah. I'm watching the casting though with interest. It's nice to see who's being cast. It's like bringing them into the family kind of a little bit, even though it's a different show. They're under a semi-similar umbrella, kind of. You should have said banner, and that would have yeah. been better. You know, come on. <laughs> banner. <laughs> yeah, that was a missed opportunity on my part. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it will feel like a big family, I'm sure. It'll be, I wonder what it'll be like if we go to conventions together. Will it be like, oh, here's the new cool kids coming? Right, or will exactly. It be, or will it be like we're like the OG rappers? Right. You know, we're coming in with this fur coat snow, you know, yeah. Right. We're the originals. <laughs> it's like, yeah. we, we made you. <laughs> yeah, if it wasn't for us, yeah. I wonder what it'll be like. That's probably exactly what it's going to be like. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was at a convention, honestly. I'm not even going to say what it was, but it was so funny. It was like, it was two different shows. I'm not going to say what the other show was. Not even connected to Game of Thrones at all. And it was like, <laughs> they expected the actors all to sort of mix together backstage. Mm-hmm. And that's what normally happens. But because it was only two shows, so awkward. Some like deep allegiances. Like, we're all like at two different tables. Yeah. Like looking over and going, you show <laughs> shit. <laughs> but, I but, love um, that. It was uh, quite a moment. The pressure that we were talking about of you coming back to the show, just between any of the seasons after it being progressively bigger and bigger each year. I imagine how they must feel following yeah. game, game of Thrones overall, what that set is going to feel like. Yeah. With, with the huge responsibility and also the way the show ended, it's, it's going to be so much hype. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've been hyping it up for years. What gets that kind of lead up? Honestly? Yeah. But I mean, they haven't even, you know, what HBO or like, they haven't even started yet. They haven't even started the hype train right, yet. Right. And it's, it's going to be massive. It really is, I'm sure. Um, yeah, I think <laughs> I wouldn't want to be in their shoes, but I'm also jealous because it's going to be a, a wonderful experience, I'm sure. Um, yeah, I really do wish them well. I think it's, I can't wait to see what they do. Um, it'll be interesting. I'm curious to see what HBO's approach to the new series is going to be now that they have all these new people at the company post Game of Thrones. Yeah, and I wonder, obviously it's, it's not being filmed in Belfast, I don't think, and I wonder, will they use will they use the same composer? Will they use the same, mm-hmm. I mean, I wonder, will they try to make it very different or will they try mm-hmm. to make it like a tribute or will they try to be completely different? And I think they right. try to be different in a I way. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. But that's my opinion. Maybe people don't want that. Maybe they want to 
go back to Westeros and have a similar feeling. Um, this 10-year anniversary came in at the perfect time because the series ended and then there was COVID. And then now the year after COVID is also the year before the new show because it comes out next year. And it just so happened to be the 10-year anniversary. So in April, around springtime, around like around Game of Thrones time, we have something, they have something to post about and yeah. stuff to promote. Kind of like all happened perfectly. And we're all right desperate time. for a good time. Right. So. <laughs> so but you've been you've been doing other interviews other than this. You've been talking to people, basically asking similar questions. No, you guys have done pretty well. Yes. But like they asked you about how you thought about the season. Yes. And, Every time. And <laughs> like uh, what was your favorite Hodor? Well, who's, who do I want to see on the Iron Throne? Right. So you're like, right. Yeah, we know he's going to be on the fucking Iron Throne. I helped put him there. I died for it. Um, yeah, why would your I'd answer pick? be any different? Yeah. Um, who's your favorite character? Who would you play if you weren't Hodor? Um, what was your favorite wedding? Princess uh, Charles and Lady Diana. Um, <laughs> stuff like that. I mean... Obviously, there are the questions that people actually you know what. I'm not. I'm not letting people away with this. How do people not know that at this stage? Sure. <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, if I was a, if I was a reporter, I'd be like, I'm going to look at four interviews. I'm going to spend two minutes looking at a couple of interviews you know, I'm about to interview, and I'll maybe maybe ask half the questions the same, and I'll maybe try and be original. Well, you um, think they probably get bored of asking those same questions too, right? Yeah. I, so you know what? I'm, I'm just. This is my PR face. I'm just happy that people are still interested enough to ask me questions. <laughs> <laughs> that shit doesn't fly here. <laughs> I am. I'm not. It's I your am. job. It's like it's like a, it's balancing it being your job and it being something that you're grateful for. You know, because at the end of the day, it's still well, as Zach knows. I'm not the one to not call it out. I, mm-hmm. I will sometimes say something. Mm-hmm. Um, there's definitely been conventions I've been to, which, without me being rude, I mean, there's I, I, I don't react well when other people I feel are being rude. Um, there was a convention, there's been a couple of conventions where people just been like, so here we have Hodor, and they don't mention my name at all. Mm. And I'm like, oh. hi, my name yeah. is Christian. And then they'll I'm continue. a person. Um, and they'll be like, so Hodor, you know, and then I've just been like, do you know what? There was one convention that I just said, do you know what? Give me the microphone. I'll do this. You can go and sit down. <laughs> um, and they were like, and everyone cheered and stuff. And yeah. I was like, uh, um, Damn. And they felt bad. But I said, don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that, please. I mean, yeah. I love well, being Hodor. You. It's not treating you like a real person. No, that's all, that's all I ask. But I'm not whinging about it, but I just think, if I can say something about it and not make someone feel too badly about it, um, sure. I'll definitely use my visceral Irish tongue. <laughs> There's this weird thing where <laughs> your 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 character is someone who is so universally liked and universally friendly to everyone, and <laughs> then add in the the uh, I guess anxiety of meeting someone that you're anxious to meet someone that's been on a show that you really love. And I think that's probably how they cope with yeah. dealing with introducing you or talking about you or talking to you is like, he's just really nice and I can just be like this. And I think that just by calling you Hodor, it's just a way for them to cope with the <laughs> yeah, fact that this it. is all happening. I totally get it. And you know what? I also don't expect everyone to go home and sort of learn everybody's actor name. You know, there was like 300, yeah, 300 people in the cast. Right. right. You know? 
But do a wee bit of research if you're going to come along and ask a question. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But I, I don't, I mean, I, I have mixed, I'm, I'm a dichotomy man, you know that. Um, I would never trash anyone for being a fan in any way. Um, or like having a hard time talking. Because sometimes it's hard yeah. to talk, you know? Sometimes it's easy um, to feel embarrassed and stuff. Exactly. And I would never hold that against anybody because I've been that person. Yeah, no, I've, I've been that person. I'm, I'm that person all the time in my daily life. Just being constantly humbled and reminded how, you know, how much I'm that, like you were saying, like that little kid yeah. in class in that situation where it's like, I don't know if I want to raise my hand or not. It's different for me, but it's the same idea where it's like coming back to that root position of feeling like something is just grounding you. I don't feel bad about no, feeling no, you embarrassed. Yeah, it makes you it who just, you are. I'm just like, I'm dumb. I've realized when that's happening and it's like, oh, yeah, I know better than that. But it just slipped through because we're not perfect. We're just no. weird, weird um, creatures. You, you never feel bad about that. Yeah. It's part of your your DNA. Hannah, are you back? Did you get a, a power cable? Yeah, I'm back. That was my bad that I didn't plug my computer in before, but we good now. We're, this is the 10-year anniversary of Game of Thrones. We have the Christian Nairn, a.k.a. Hodor, not Hodor, a.k.a. Christian Nairn, <laughs> on the podcast, Hannah. Is there anything that you would like to ask him while we have this platform? Oh, gosh. Um, well, let me go through all the questions that I scribbled out after understanding that you hate being asked them. Um, <laughs> mm, you're uh, me up on I'm just going to play my Game Boy. Is this, are we at the end? Okay, my final question. Well, maybe not final. What is your... Say what you mean, Hannah. okay the first thing before we get to my final question before we interviewed you i you and zach are friends so i just like wanted to know what your vibe was i guess it's hard to tell (laughs) and zach said the only advice he gave me was not to bs because you would know when i was bsing and so i was like okay cool (laughs) that's not (laughs) scary not to bs like i shouldn't try to bs you because you would know yeah so i would know yes (laughs) um anyway it's done very well (laughs) <laughs> wow, thank you. give me a solid eight out of nine. Okay, that's great. Thanks. Um, Why nine? That's such a weird this scale. This last question is going to be a, this last question for me is going to bring it to a nine out of nine. Yeah. Um, what's your mom's favorite episode that you've done of Game of Thrones? Do you know? Well, considering how we've been getting on during lockdown, probably the one where I died. <laughs> <laughs> I have a I have a question. Please, from, please. Please. From Patreon. I oh. put this up on Patreon after our um, last recording film. I was like, by the way, we're doing this. If anyone has a question. So we got a couple. We've actually asked most of them. Thanks for writing these guys. Um, someone asked, um, what were some of the hardest takes that you had to do? That's a good question. Hardest takes you had to do is Hodor? I think you were mentioning the one before the sausages scene being tough because yeah, you were coming back. Yeah, and that, that was more because I was out of character for so long, right. a whole year out of character before going back. Mm-hmm. Um, then, then it was easy. Um, hardest takes. The question was from Cody, by the way. Hey, Cody. Um, thinking. I guess probably, honestly, the hardest take physically was probably physically and therefore mentally. Um, was the scene where Tyrion presents the plans for the saddle to Bran. It was also one of my first scenes in the show. And um, 
I sort of had to get set up outside the rim and sort of carry Bran up to the front um, and then do like a squat while they're carrying him and then get back up again all in one shot. And that's fine. That's fine. But when you when you sort of enter the 37th, 40th time you've done it, sure. um, your body starts to, well, at that's by 40, you're broken, absolutely broken. And it was relentless, man. I remember Peter turning around and going, are they for real? I mean, you need a break. And I was like, uh, it's okay, it's okay, just let them keep going. Because I didn't want, I, I didn't want, I didn't, I haven't found my inner diva at that stage. <laughs> and I was, was afraid to show any weakness. Um, so yeah, after about 40 goes, I was broken. And if you look carefully in that scene, um, I go from like being deathly pallid, um, to like having like a clammy sweat. The, <laughs> because I was just trying not to fall over. I remember I hit the wall. I was feeling like really dizzy, really woozy. But um, it was just because of the repetition. Why did you have to do it so many times? Because there's so many many camera setups and it was a really long haul. It was was a long haul in Winterfell. And that you had, they're only using one camera that day. Um, Different directors have different techniques. And um, some are multi-cam and some are just one. Uh, this was a single camera guy, and um, it was it was tough, but here I am. I got through it. I'm only slightly, <laughs> slightly, slightly unbent and unbroken. I am slightly right. bent and slightly broken. But, <laughs> After doing um, seven thousand squats, yeah. But I do have a great ass to show for it. <laughs> <laughs> no pain, no gain. You know. Yeah, apparently so. But um, I would have done a little bit more Zumba if I had known. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite way to exercise. (laughs) (laughs) I bet the dynamic changed for you on on the set from season one to the end. The comfortability of you being in that atmosphere, but also having had built the reputation that Hodor's had over all that time. Yeah. Um, weird, Weird to see that evolve. It was just, you know what? By the end, we we're all part of a big team. We had a lot of ex- uh, uh, a lot of expectations built on us. We all knew we had to fill our part. Um, there was no sort of aggrandizing or anything. Um, we were, were, were we were definitely were well looked after, but um, it was definitely not aggrandizing in a Hollywood type way, uh, which I liked. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was it was a team who knew we had to put together something pretty special. And there was a, a lot of pressure there, so no messing around. That's why when people ask me about the funny parts, and obviously there are some, but if you notice, there's quite a few from over seven years. Mm-hmm. That's because everyone's like, we've got to get this done. <laughs> <laughs> and we're all pretty miserable already because this is really heavy source material. <laughs> yeah, It's not as if you're, like, um, you're doing a scene where like someone's been eaten by a White Walker and you, you don't do like an an off-take with tap dancing routine in the middle of it, like, you know. Right, right. Yeah. You all have to, like, kind of get into the vibe. It's not like you're shooting, like you're saying, like a rom-com where everybody is feeling (laughs) happy-go-lucky as you're, (laughs) you know, getting rained on. That's another thing, like, on the Lannister sets, like, everything's nice and sunny and bright and gold and shining. Mm -hmm. But we were usually on, like, a cloudy... In the mud. (sighs) Freezing. (laughs) (laughs) Like, no, we're not going to do too many outtakes here. (laughs) That's funny. Well, it wasn't. But, Wait, yeah. right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Is that it from Patreon? Any other? I think we covered so much. We ground. covered pretty much everything. Yeah. Um, why don't you come on again in another ten years? 
Okay. <laughs> if God spares us. We have the 20th right. anniversary to look forward to. I think I'm repost it again. By then, I might be able to talk about the other show. Let's hope so. Or maybe I'll do a podcast about that show. <laughs> we should. We got the inside scoop. <laughs> we get all the spoilers ahead of time. Idea. They're like, how does that, where's that connection? Just to find out. We'll find the connection somewhere. <laughs> We're going to tell everybody about it. Okay, dude, please. When it comes out. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> not now. <laughs> not now. <laughs> um, shoot, man. Ten years. You this came has been on, really fun, though. I hope, yeah, I enjoyed it. And now we're doing this. That's right. I, all those years later. And all the kids have been. Uh-huh. You as well. Uh, yeah. All of so, us. Yeah. For this stuff. And everybody listening that's uh, traveled emotionally through everything and now still wants to be near it, near some, some of the fire from it. What are the plans for your podcast? We're going to keep covering um a song of ice and fire we're almost done with our reading order and uh of the last two books combined and then we're doing the world of ice and fire that uh companion book that uh george co-wrote with a couple other fandom people mm-hmm. and uh then we're going to be doing fire and blood if the winds of winter isn't out yet ahead of uh the new series and yeah. then we'll cover the new series and then we'll see what happens from there we just keep talking about it, you know. Like we don't we don't make as many episodes as we used to because there's less to talk about now. But yeah. um, this is fun for us because it's a it's a creative outlet, and we love talking about good books with each other already. And so mm-hmm. to have something to continue to go back to is it just kind of makes life feel more exciting and more fun. So I hope he keeps writing. Hey, he will. Yeah, no, he will. He, he is. I know that. What can you tell us? I can't. You know, you know no. all the Winds of Winter spoilers. <laughs> I don't know. You know what? I, all the years I've known George, and I do know George, um, he would not tell me a single solitary piece of information, and he's so right not to. It's probably smart of him, yeah. Yeah, no, he should not tell you. All I know is he is working on it, and I, I miss him. I, I love George dearly. He's, he's such a wonderful man. Um, looking forward to seeing him again. Mm-hmm. I think that that red carpet moment for you, it might not be the end of that because they're probably going to want you to at least be around for the rest of the expansion yeah. of the Game of Thrones universe in those bookend, moments. Yeah. Bookend, Hodor. Oh. Right. They're like, we got to have Hodor here at the very least. <laughs> we always gravitate towards each other at convention or at, um, at those things, George and I, because I'm not really into them. I don't think he's really into them either. So we usually end up sitting together grumpy, having a, <laughs> a, a sherry. So he's um yeah he's, he's such an awesome guy. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, this has been really fun. Appreciate. Thanks, Christian, for coming on. Thanks for everybody for listening. Well, thank you guys for having me as always, and thank you everybody out there for the last ten years and many more years ahead. We're not going to stop now. Where can people no. find you? Do you want to plug anything at the end? He here? lives in Belfast, Northern it, Ireland. Yeah, his address. address. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, I do a monthly, I do a monthly radio show called. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let's start that again. Yeah, I do a monthly radio show called Spectrum with a K. <laughs> I don't mean like KP. I mean Spectrum. You know where the C should be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, that's that. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram. I mean, I'm not a very good social media poster. I'm not. I'm not that guy. But I do keep people updated, um, and you will see me in, on your big screen and small screen very shortly. 
Very exciting. Yeah, I'm excited. You can find us. Should I plug us? Yeah, yeah, do ours. You can yeah, find plug. us on Twitter, on Instagram, on email, on Facebook, on OnlyFans by searching for at Game of Bones. Find us on all those social media platforms. We're working on it. Not really, what but not really, but it's funny to say. So <laughs> that's where you can find us. And if you want to follow along with our reading order, our next episode will be back to the books. So you can find our reading order at afeastwithdragons.com. Podcasts, everybody. That's Thanks for it. listening. We're going to continue to make them. We love you. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.